welcome back to Plant Medicine Transmissions. I am resuming these recordings after a year and a half hiatus because I did not have any money to pay for it. And uh, actually, I want to thank the anonymous uh, sponsor who is sponsoring the next four episodes of this podcast. If anybody is interested in sponsoring future episodes of this podcast, please contact me directly at javier.ayaruna at gmail.com. Thank you. So, <laughs> the last thing I would like to talk about after a year and a half is this current pandemic. However, it seems important to share my viewpoint. And please keep in mind that, that this is just a viewpoint. So it's equally valid or far-fetched as any other viewpoint. Okay? These are powerful times. And the first thing that I would like to share with you is the awareness that we have all signed up to be here and experience this at this time. There are no accidents and uh, each one of us is here for our own reasons, whatever they may be. So as a friend of mine wrote to me, she said, Oh, I understand that this is not happening to me, but it's happening for me. And many, many of us have already taken plenty advantage of the current situation to reflect upon their lives, to question some old assumptions, and so on and so forth. For many, this is a time for increased clarity. And uh, it is my experience that at this time when we are experiencing such heaviness, that also all the portals of this earth are wide open. There is an incredible amount of support that is coming to this planet from all corners of the known universe and beyond. We are being supported in unprecedented ways. What this support is here to do is not to save the day for us. That is a task that is left only to ourselves. So, I am going to talk about the current situation from a specific point of view. And that point of view is coming from the Vedic tradition of India of wisdom that was channeled by what are known as rishis. Uh, seers, many thousands of years ago. 
among the many pieces of wisdom from this tradition is the concept of the yugas. Yugas are four different stages of cosmic creation. It's a cycle that lasts over 20,000 years. And we are at the very end of the very last yuga, the Kali Yuga. The Kali Yuga is a time of disintegration, of distortion, of collective amnesia. I started exploring this concept and its ramifications and its expressions two and a half years ago when I came across a text by René Guénon called uh, The Reign of Quantity, Sign of the Times. And um, I must say that it was a process that was very depressing and challenging for me that lasted almost two years. It started in the basement of the main temple of Kamakura, which is a beautiful Buddhist temple outside the city of Kyoto and was actually the place where the person who received Reiki actually received Reiki. He wasn't from there, but he went there to fast and meditate until he received the Reiki technology. Anyway, I started reading this book the previous night, and uh, less than 24 hours later, I am in the basement of this temple, barely lit by oil lamps, and I was thinking of the present devastation of this planet Earth. And uh, I was crying. I was crying because I love this planet so much, I think, is so beautiful and amazing. Right now, there is no other place I would rather live in. And after I had my good cry, I made a vow. I made a vow to accept this present situation and to do my best not to resist it, to simply surrender to it. Well, it took me almost two years to come to that place of surrender and acceptance. What we resist persists. Now, this Kali Yuga, which is the last phase of uh, Maha Yuga, is like the winter in the four seasons. In uh, ancestral wisdom all over the world, time is cyclical. We go through cycles, and the cycles are that of birth, of growth, of decay, and eventual death. This is a cycle that actually is, so to speak, the um, blueprint for creation as we know it. Creation goes through all of these stages, whether we like it or not. And this last phase is particularly important 
because without that dying, there is no rebirth. Without surrendering and accepting the fact that things come to an end in the world as we know it, there is no space for something new to come into our lives. Western philosophy and attitude has a different model. And that model is simply a ascending line. An ascending line that is supported by increasing uh, technology, development, and such and such. So much so that among the many high priorities of current scientific research is also the search for longevity and even eternity. It seems for us very, very difficult and increasingly so to accept death as a part, a very important part of life. We keep denying it, we keep hiding it, and what is happening is that through this denial process, we have began to project it out into the world. The faultiness of this attitude, of this way of looking at reality, is cause for a lot of misunderstandings and the main feeling that many, many of us are experiencing that somehow science is actually not fulfilling its promises. Why? Because it is not within the realm of science even of medical science, to break with certain natural laws and even more so with important cosmic laws. These present times are the very end of a process of exaggeration, so to speak, of the male principle and with it of the ego. Male energy is an energy that, first of all, believes itself capable of achieving whatever it wants, if we just put our minds to it. Oftentimes, this attitude is actually distorted with the ego wanting to play, so to speak, God, and uh, wanting to actually break laws that are not for the ego to break, to begin with. In the same way that medicine sciences all over the world have as a basic tenant not to tinker with the basic laws of life. So we were talking about the cyclical reality of life. And uh, this is a process that is so beyond our own personal scope that the best way, as far as I'm concerned, 
is to actually surrender to it, to embrace it as gracefully as we can. Now, it is, like I said before, it is no accident that we are here experiencing this. I have oftentimes freaked myself out going like, Jesus, what am I, what am I doing here of all times, of all places? And then this pandemic arrived and still I'm like, what? What is going on? So it's not an accident that we're here. And there is a process that is happening collectively. And there is a process that is happening on an individual level. So the process on both levels is a process of destruction of disintegration, of amnesia. So what are the lessons from plant medicines that are important to remember at this time? Not abstract lessons, but the lessons that we have learned through our very own experience drinking these medicines. We will start very simply by mentioning ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is a Quechua word that, that, that can be translated as the vine of the soul, the vine of the ancestors, but also the vine of death. And many of us have experienced this dying on many different levels. At times, it was a fear of dying, an absolute certitude of dying, psychological dying, letting go of parts of ourselves that were so linked to our sense of self that letting them go has really created a rebirth out of our very own ashes. Most people who criticize plant medicines actually do so, first of all, because most of them, they've never even tried it. So it's, it's easy for them to judge something that they don't know. But underneath all that judgment, what I find is a terrifying fear of losing control. Now, they may be engaging in a spiritual practice that speaks of surrender. But to actually ingest something that will change our state of consciousness for some hours and without our ability to control that experience is a level of surrender that many people are not ready for, and that's okay. But it's a, it's a litmus test of our willingness to let go of control. In the middle of these plant medicine ceremonies, we experience challenging moments that sometimes create a reaction. We react to the challenge by trying to resist it, by trying to 
flip the channel in any way we can. For many, this subtle form of resistance is carried out as an attempt to sublimate their experience, to simply float above it. When in reality, these medicines are asking us to simply dive deeper into the experience. Not to rationalize it, not to explain it, but simply to feel. In our present historical and meta-historical moment, our minds are so strong that our ability and our willingness to feel, to simply feel, is greatly diminished. And that's what these plants are inviting us to do, to simply feel. One of the most important lessons of plant medicines, as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that whenever we resist we create suffering for ourselves. What we resist persists and is the source of suffering. All of our suffering is self-created. Now, of course, in this human experience, there is pain. But suffering in itself is only our own attitude that causes it. And when we have zero resistance to our own experience, then that suffering becomes non-existent. So it's up to us to decide. So it's really our attitude that creates our own state and our own suffering. Many of us presently have also judged analyzed to the best of their abilities the current situation and many of the measures that have been taken by governments all over the world in dealing with this situation. It's important to become aware that all that judgment, all that criticism is a form of resistance. It's a form of resistance against something that is well beyond our power to change. The ego, and here is also included the spiritual ego, the intellectual ego, the smart ego, is always looking for ways to change present reality. It's always looking for quote-unquote solutions. It's the illusion of, quote-unquote, progress. The belief of the ego that it can save the day no matter what the situation is. And it's oftentimes well-intentioned, but oftentimes the ego's sins of doing, of wanting to achieve something that it's beyond its power. The ego is not the powerful, all-powerful energy that it claims to be. Surrender in our culture is perceived 
as defeat and with it comes failure. And as you hear these words, you may go like, oh, so there's nothing I can do about it, which is in itself not the best of attitudes either. Because there's always something that we can do at any given moment. However, this destruction, this disintegration is inevitable, is a requisite so that we can move on to a different stage in life. What we can do is actually look at our own fears, at our own resistance against change. Because change is happening and it's not going to happen according to our dreams, our prayers, our hopes. It's simply going to happen. And it's not about this change, this further disintegration, but it's really about our attitude towards it. That's what makes all the difference in this world, like with everything else. So my invitation to you is to look at past experiences, particularly but not exclusively with plant medicines, those experiences of dying, dying to oneself and uh, see what the lessons you had received in those moments and soon after that, that seem relevant at this time in history. And also the invitation is to look at our own fear of change. Change is something that we look forward to and something that we are equally scared of. I know that right now many people are looking with hope at the present situation because they feel that life on this planet as we have created it is not what it could be. Meaning that it's full of lies and, and of unkept promises. Somehow, even with all of this material riches, we don't really feel a lot better deep, deep inside. So many of us are wishing for change, but it's important to be aware of the fact that that change is not going to look like we would like it to. This is really an opportunity to let go of that personal agenda of how things are going to unfold. Things are simply going to unfold the way that they need to in order to continue this cosmic cycle of creation. Blessings.